Hi, everyone. Welcome to Manager IQ's Manager Skills Corner podcast. Manager IQ's mission is to provide an online space where managers can access all the resources, learnings, and tools to build their manager toolkit, and also to provide you with a community of managers to lean on. This podcast is designed to bring experts in specific areas of management to share their knowledge and experience with the Manager IQ community. We share tips and tricks which you can implement into your management practice. For more information about Manager IQ and our products, check out our website, www.manageriq.com. Now, let's check out today's episode. Thank you for joining us for the second part of the onboarding episode where we're sharing a great conversation with Sandra Madison. In part one, we discovered what is onboarding? When does it begin? When does it end? Why is it good to have a good structured onboarding program? What happens when it's not done well? And then how a manager can make a good structured onboarding program. Now let's kick into part two where we continue the conversation. The thing that I liked about your salon example as well is around how the manager then delegated the, you know, the onboarding experience. I do think that, you know, once an onboarding experience has been fine-tuned and or you even work with the current employees around what is the most meaningful things that that need to be covered and when is the best time to cover it so that you do have this program that everyone in the team understands what goes on and also maybe has a part to play. I think that can be quite powerful. So the manager doesn't have to think, oh, my goodness, I've got another person to onboard. I have to do all of this on my own. They can actually use it as an opportunity to delegate some of those um, topics or some of those areas of expertise to somebody else who would like that experience or who's, who is actually the expert. Um, once again, helps to build that network, helps to build that support system, creates opportunity and, and obviously a little bit of capacity for the manager. Mm. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so... I guess let's circle back on some of the other benefits. So we've talked a little bit about them, but any other benefits to having a good onboarding program that you think would be important to share? Absolutely. It's important to have, you know, to sort of think about it as a as a win-win situation. So, you know, if you're going into it with, you know, this is all about, yeah, I'm going to spend a bit of time with them now, but I'm going to have that new hire feeling really connected and welcomed and aligned with the business. Um, you know, once that person understands what their role looks like, sounds like, feels like, and what the scope of it is, what's mm-hmm. the extent of the decision-making that they can make, then they'll be happier. You know, and if someone's happy, they're a lot easier to work with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know it's sort of like when when you're happy when you're not overwhelmed when you're not worried when you're not sort of living in that fear then you're a lot more open to learning new things um so you know again like the, we, you know i guess over the last few years one of the things that sort of really come to light for a lot of businesses about is employee well-being mm. um and i think that having a good onboarding program directly leads to good employee well-being because when you know the rules you know it's like a kid you know the rules then you know where, where you can safely operate and you know what you need to do if something's outside of that system or outside of that process you know who to go to and when you know what you need to do or who you need to see then that reduces anxiety you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that people live with nowadays and, and anxiety is one of them. And I think that if you can 
do everything within your power to sort of um, manage that by providing information and direction, then you're going to have have a, have a happy people. You're going to have happy people there. One of the other things I really wanted to touch on here is um, you want that person, especially in the first week, to feel good about their decision to take your job offer. Mm. You know, and I, and I liken this to when I bought a house. It was the first time I bought a house on my own, and um, the first night I was I was really excited. I went to bed, and then the neighbours' music started up, and it was a deep bass, and it continued till three in the morning. I was beside myself because I hadn't slept. I'd been moving all day, and mm. and I was exhausted, and it was like, what the hell have I done? You know, and that's what happens when people start new jobs. You know, if they don't get that reinforcement about what's going well, they start to wonder about what they've, you know, what, what, why have I come here? I, I had an experience myself in one role. Um, day two, the senior manager walked in and started yelling at everyone in the team and, um, I'd quit a great job. I, I'd quit my role as training manager because I thought there was going to be a lot more opportunity and all of this. And I was like, what have I done? I've taken, I've taken a step sideways, and it was it was a, it was one of those moments that I don't want anybody to experience. Um, but if you do have the clear processes that we've talked about, you've got the checklists to make sure you've covered everything you want to cover. Um, you've got the clear expectations. You know, all of those things just make people happy. It's not about just having some lovely things on their desk on the first day, those, those do help. You know, the, the branded mugs, the branded T-shirts, the branded this, that and the other. Um, you know, that, that sort of stuff is nice. And, you know, when you take it out and, oh, yes, I work here. That's all nice, but that's not the stuff that keeps people in the job. You know, it's the relationships with people. Um, people don't leave a great manager easily, do they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I think those are great things and I think you're right, it's around making sure that people have a clear understanding around, or I guess what you're trying to say is keep take away the uncertainty for that individual around what's going to happen in the first week, you know, days, 30, whatever, 30, 90 days, because yep. removing that uncertainty is going to help them be motivated, stay engaged, be happy that they've made that decision, you know, and take that information in a lot quicker so that they are actually getting to that, you know, that level of understanding as quick as they can. And, you know, like you say, contributes to their well-being. So I love all of those things that you said and, you know, and uh, resonates. And, and I think that we could all sit back, anyone listening to this podcast and think about those experiences where we felt great and we felt that it was a meaningful experience and the others where we felt, oh, my goodness, what have I done? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I asked, my son recently started a new job and I asked him, oh, so what's going to happen on first day? You know, what, what, you know, has anyone rung you yet? Do you know where to park? You know, what time do you start? And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. and he's not the only one. I had another friend who started in another business and her shift was going to be in the evenings and she, she had a very real concern about parking for staff and, and those concerns just weren't answered. And it's sort of like, these are the things that that if you get right reduce that fear and anxiety because everyone's going to be asking them how their first day went mm. and what do you what do you want do you want them to say it really sucked <laughs> or yeah. it was good it was tiring but I, I'm really glad I made the decision to come here yeah you know, that's what you're wanting. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I guess you have given some ideas around structure, so a manager having a checklist, but how would you recommend a manager goes about creating a good onboarding program for their people? Well, the first first thing is what's happening already. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like for me, when I'm working with business owners, I've got a I've got a checklist, and I sort of I step through. Okay, so when they sign the contract, what else do they need to provide? Because sometimes they don't need to provide it then and there; they need to provide it on the first day. So we have discussions about what does that look like, sound like, feel like. How are you going to communicate that to the person? Um, so if you sort of have a mental, well, actually a physical, <laughs> you know, if you start writing your checklist right from that point, then it starts to become very logical about what happens next. Um, you, you want to make sure that you're giving that new hire um, a call before they start to answer any questions, to tell them where the parking is, to remind them what to bring on their first day. Um, you know, find find out some of their favourite things. You know, then you can wow them in that first week and say, "Oh, I know you like a mocha chai latte, or whatever the case may be. Let's, <laughs> let's go and have a coffee." Um, you know, those are the sorts of things that you can sort of put on your checklist to remind you that, "Oh, if I do this, then it works really well here." Um, you know, you've got your stock standard stuff that you need for the HR side of things, the KiwiSaver details, the bank account details, um, emergency contact details, all of those things. So that all comes part of all of the things that you're wanting to make sure are covered off during that, that pre-boarding experience. Um, I'm just going through the checklist that I use here at the moment just to remind <laughs> myself. Um, yep, so, you know, prior to day one, all of the things that happen there, but also before they start, if you have IT people, whether they're internal or external, that are responsible for setting that person up in the system, you need to get onto it because there's nothing worse for somebody to come in on day one and be told, oh, I emailed it to you you know, and them not being able to get into the computer to check their business emails because they've not been set up. So, you know, there's all these sorts of things that, <laughs> that you know, you sort of forget about, you know, making sure they've got note paper and a, and a notepad on day one, um, making sure before they start that they're aware of the dress standards. There's, mm. you know, I, I know a lot of horror stories about that too, um, you know, because, you know, some businesses are now doing the dress for your day, but that can mean something very different to different generations of people. Um, and, you know, we're a very diverse workforce from lots of different countries, and so we all have different um, expectations about what constitutes dressing for your day. So if your business has got standards, you need to make sure the, the new hires are aware of those. Um, Given things as simple as what time to meet, um, two jobs I had, I didn't know how to get in the building. I was told oh, wow. to start at 8, and the building didn't open until 8.30. So, um, you know, I had to ask people, <laughs> you know, walking in, and they were sort of like, well, who are you? <laughs> you know, no one, <laughs> no one knew who I was. <laughs> um, 
the next thing I sort of move on to or encourage, you know, managers to think about is to think about the business, um, you know, if it's a small medium enterprise or a, a self-employed small business, then you need to sort of think about your journey, about how you started as a company, why you're there, because if you can share that with somebody, then it just opens up the world. They can they can actually really start to understand um, why you do things the way you do them. Values, vision, we've talked about that a little bit, um, you know, thinking about the best time to, to cover that. Again, it needs to be noted. Um, also talking about all those fun things like, you know, how, how do you get ahead in this company? When do pay mm. reviews happen? Um, do you coach for performance? You know, how, how, how does all of that work? Um, what learning and development will I experience in this company? You know, the other things like performance expectations, job descriptions, hours of work, all of those sorts of things are important. One of the fun ones is staff benefits, actually telling them why, you know, well, one of the cool things about working for you is we offer you free insurance, we offer you this, we offer you half a day off on your birthday or a day off on your birthday. You know, these are the sorts of things that, again, make a person feel special. Telling, telling your people how you celebrate, you know, what happens in the community. Um, what, you know, if you're, if you have a monthly meeting with everybody in the business, what does that look like? You know, what's, what's the expectation of them at that time? Um, legislative and key standards, um, always important to have a checklist there. Um, and also then the actual first days itself, the building tour. Um, someone I was talking to the other day said, oh, I wasn't shown where the loos were. Mm. And um, they were they were quite a shy person, quite an introvert, and it was very hard for them to actually actually say, oh, hold on a moment, can I, you know, I mean, you're an adult, you don't want to have to do that. You know, it's, it's one of those things, mm. where's, the, where's the fire exits, where's, where's the loos? <laughs> um, Opening, closing procedures, facilities, we to have lunch, um, tea, coffee, you know, all of those things. Do I need to bring my own mug on first day? You know, that's, mm. that's something that seems small, but the amount of people that I'd have on a first day orientation that were um, dying for a cup of coffee, but everyone brings their own mugs and no one told them. You know, those are the simple things, mm. simple things. Um Team introductions, team meetings, internal communication, how we how we get the job done, how we work as a team, you know, are some really important things. So as you can see, there is a lot to cover. Um, mm. You know, there is a lot of things that actually go into, um, you know, that 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 whole period of time. Um, and it can seem overwhelming if you just stop and think about it in one hit. But, you know, for, for new managers, I'd, I'd definitely recommend that they just have a notebook. They brainstorm, jot it all down. And then as they work through it, it will start to come into the right order for themselves and their business and what's right for them. Yeah, fabulous. And I think that, you know, um, the managers listening to this, you could probably just go back and keep on listening to that last bit and, and just, um, you know, all the different areas that you mentioned is then sit down and work out, you know, is this covered currently in your induction or your um, onboarding or is it or should it? And what would the message be for your organization and your context? So I think that that was such a such a great foundation for managers to have a look at if it's not already happening. Are you a new manager looking to build your manager toolkit? Well, the new manager development program is just for you. We cover four modules, which is looking at what is the role of the manager, how to set yourself up as a manager, how to set your team up, and then looking into the future.
We have an excellent free trial that is available to all. If you would like access to it, please visit our website today, www.manageriq.com. I think we might have touched on a few here, but maybe just to give it a little bit of um, lime, uh, a bit of light here. Um, any barriers for managers that are worth mentioning around having a good onboarding experience? I think I think it's, it sort of comes back to is there anything happening in the organisation or the business that could go against it? You know, is there, you know, if there's a few managers and, and if there's a bit of a hierarchy in the business, um, is everybody on the same page? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, it's it's important to let people know in the business. I used to let everybody know from the CEO because they'd be coming along to do part of the talk on day one, um, right through to the people on the reception desk. You know, so there, there was a whole lot of people that we would let know we were welcoming some people into the business. And what that meant for these people is that when someone looked really new and they were walking around mm. with the paper main badge, they were, you know, someone would go, welcome. You know, so there'll be all this, these random welcomes, which definitely makes it easier. So the key, make sure everybody knows that you've got someone starting because then they'll be doing the right thing. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to let them know what to expect. Um, what other barriers are there? I think not communicating is the biggest barrier. Yeah. Um, and, and not taking the time to actually listen to the new hire's responses. We were all very different people. Um, everybody communicates quite differently. Some people be very cautious. Some people don't want to be seen to bringing anything up that's negative. Um, like, I haven't actually received my contract yet, or um, I haven't been told when my payday will be. You know, th- these are the things that can make people a little bit nervous. Um not not just not being able to do what you're asking them to do, I think, is the biggest barrier. So you need mm. to break down those barriers. You need to make sure they've got, you know, the tools of trade that they need to do the job, that they've got the information they need to apply to the job that they're doing. Um, I think that's probably it in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's, yeah, there's a few else that we can add to it, but I think you have covered the main bits. I think as well as uh, the one that I would touch on is that keeping it personal and listening to that individual because um, there's a lot going on in an organization and sometimes the manager or the people involved in the onboarding experience might feel that this is something that needs to happen that's stopping them from doing the stuff that they need to do in their normal day-to-day role. Um, So not being a, um, I'm not going to say robot, but I can't think of a better word right now, Um, a robot (laughs) and just running through the information to tick a box. It's about, you know, making sure that you are keeping it personal, listening to the individual, making sure they understand and coming back to it if it feels like, you know, that, that maybe there's, you know, maybe there isn't as much understanding, but over the next week or so, things will start to to fall into place, but let's sense check that that actually does happen. So um, invest yeah. in them now so that it will help you and your team in the future to make sure that they come up to pro- you know the right productivity levels or, or motivation levels as quick as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you've got a clear process in place and you don't just keep it as a dead document that you actually think about at every time, you know, you know, every time something comes up, you go back to your core document and you go, ah, okay, I need to tighten up that area. Or actually, there was just way too much information for one day. That mm. needs to be done over two days. Or I need to, 
you know, I need to do something fun with the team at the beginning. You know, mm. I need to do a team introduction and I want to do that that first lunchtime or whatever the case is. So it's just about making sure that everybody's on board and everybody's singing to the same tune. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if there's anybody that makes that is involved in decision making, not just you. So um, if there's say two teams with two different managers or three or four and they all hire new people into the team, well you need to talk together to make sure that you're all speaking the same language and doing the same or similar things while still being mindful about um you know, the person's particular role that they're going into. Yeah, that's fabulous. And um, uh, we're just running up a bit on time here. So one thing I will say is that you've given such, you've been so generous with your time and knowledge. So thank you so much. Um, If anyone who is listening would like to get in touch with you and engage your services in Induction Made Easy, what's the best way of them getting in contact? Well, my email is hello at inductionsmadeeasy.com. .co.nz. Um, I have a Facebook page, which is Inductions Made Easy, and I've also got a website, which is Inductions Made Easy, and I'm in LinkedIn under Sandra Madison. There's about two or three Sandra Madisons, uh, but I'm the only one that's listed as founder of Inductions Made Easy. <laughs> um, oh, you know, so... You know, whether it's, you know, whether you're needing someone to come in as that external set of eyes and look at what you're doing, um, you know, I can certainly do that. I have a business consultancy process where I follow for that, um, as well as the one that I follow for small business owners. So I do have, I do have my hand in both camps or my foot in both camps, I should say. Um, because that's just one of the things that I love to do is help people. And I also help people not just with onboarding, but also with learning and development, um, whatever crops up as as time goes on as well. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Sandra. Just a bit of summary around what we've discussed today um, for the managers on um, who are listening to the podcast. So when it comes to onboarding, it's great to have um, to, I guess, make it easy for you, but also making it meaningful for the individual is that you have a structure in place around how you onboard people to your organization, to the team, to their role. Um, you want to make sure that even though you have the structure that you keep it personal for that individual and you're listening to them and you're sense checking that the way that they're learning is is um, in the right way for them. Um, keep evolving the process and adapting your onboarding process. Seek feedback from the individual who's just been onboarded or for your team. Um, make sure that you're working on those barriers that might impact the onboarding experience. Um, clarity of expectations, I think we just need to call it as a bit is a big thing as well. Um, making, I guess, applying the mindset of it's a win-win, a win for the individual, a win for you, and a win for the um, organization to to get this right and spend time and energy on it. Um, anyway, those are the kind of quick notes that I wrote down as I thought these are key points I wanted to share as part of the summary. Anything that you would say that I maybe isn't in that, that short list of all the things that we've talked about that you would add? I think that you've just done an amazing job summarising everything there. Um, you know, the biggest thing for a manager is not to be afraid to ask. You know, ask the new hire. What was, what was the great onboarding experience you had? And it just opens up the conversation and it helps you understand what they expect or what they need from you as well. Yeah, fabulous. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Sandra. I'm um, looking forward. I think we might have to get you back on um, again and talk about some other topics. But I really appreciate the time you've given, the knowledge that you've provided. And I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank you. <laughs> have a good day, everyone. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you have any feedback or would like us to deep dive on a specific skill, please email us at hello at manageriq.com. Thanks very much. Have a good day.